everybody. I know it's a little bit late, but um, I'm recording this late. Um, what's been going on since? Have 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 I told you? Yeah, no, my mom was, was in town two weekends ago. That was very nice. And then uh, I spent some time with my dad. My dad this weekend, which is always great. Um, I'm a little sick. I'm a little under the weather. Uh, but isn't everybody? Because the weather is... Above us in the sky. Um, that was dumb. That was stupid. But, uh, yeah, so that's okay. Uh, I cleaned my apartment today. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, clean your apartment. Uh, it's, it's a good thing to do. And it really doesn't take any time at all. It's, uh, it's as easy to clean as it is to get messy, let me tell you. It's, it's just clean it. Put it on a record or something on Netflix and just clean Put the food down and just clean. It's so easy. So just do that more often, will ya? Tax season. <laughs> Tax season, let me tell you. What a crazy season. And it's the scariest season. I know people think, oh, no, Halloween. That's a scary time. Tax season scares me so much because I'm very bad at math. Uh, as you know, I do not think ahead. And uh, and then, oh, it'll never be April. You should really do your taxes before April. That was, uh, don't take my advice. <clears throat> Everyone should be Ned Flanders. As soon as you ring in the new year, file your taxes. Because then it's done. Get it out of the way. Then you don't use paychecks to pay off your taxes. Stupid. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But it uh, pays to have a brother who's an accountant and... Like, literally, because you pay him. But also, uh, as you know, this has been an interesting year. I, I, I call it the Apollo 13 year, in the sense that it was a successful failure. Um, I really gave it a go. I really gave it the old college drive. Um, and for exactly one year, I just lived off uh, performing and being a comedian and being a TV host and uh, all that kind of stuff. And it was okay. I mean, these jobs are very few and far between, as I am not as talented as I once thought, or as people told me. Um, took a lot of acting classes and uh, some other uh, TV kind of classes. And uh, yeah, it's a strange, strange world out there. Strange, strange kind of thing. Um, speaking of TV and acting and stuff, I'm going to keep this short because I always ramble and it's stupid. Uh, my guest this week is a very dear friend of mine. I've known him a long, long time. Ryan Turner. He's uh, he's in the uh, he was in the sketch troupe Shoeless, which uh, we forgot to get to, uh, and he's uh, going to appear in an episode in the upcoming season of Orphan Black. Uh, and he's going through a, a bit of a transition in his life. He just turned thirty, so he knows uh, kind of what I'm going through and and uh, all the changes that it brings. So. Uh, he stuck around for a while. The audio is a, is a bit strange and a bit odd, but um, it's it's okay. You can hear him. He's fine. I'll get better. I am moving soon. Cross your fingers. And uh, and uh, getting back to the tax thing, I saved more than I thought. So maybe I'll put some money into an actual goddamn microphone and be better at this. Uh, if you're still listening to this, I thank you. Uh, tell more people about it. But right now, let's get to my chat with Mr. Ryan Turner.
gonna, if I'm gonna just um, be alone and talk to myself, I might as record as well record it. Plus, also what we were saying earlier about the whole cleansing or shifting in, in whatever it is that we're doing. Um, I suck when I have nothing to do. Okay, I, I you know I sit there for 16 hours. The worst. But when I was working, you know, over the last five years, I was able to do, like, I had a full-time job, and then I'd run, I'd tell some jokes, I would produce a live uh, talk show, you know, um, then someone else gave me another show on top of the other TV show I had, and I would do two of those, then I, like, maintained a relationship, and then I also went sailing, and then I did comedy, and then I did, like, if you give me a lot of stuff to do, I, I'm never better. I'm the, uh, but if I go from 60 to zero, I'll stay at zero. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so doing this kind of gives me a thing to do, and then it motivates me to do other stuff, like go out more and do shows. And, um, and then with all this moving stuff, that's not a negative, I don't see that as a negative thing. I see that, all right, another mission to accomplish. What's it? Um, I can be out by the end of May. But I think I'd prefer to be out like in two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. The, the good and the bad is I don't have a lot of stuff, right? Like none of this is mine. Um, so just books, TV, record player, and clothes. Is this all the owner stuff? Yeah. Because your brother-in-law that's here? My stepbrother. Stepbrother. Yeah. He, he's not the owner though. No. So he kind of was subletting as well. Uh, the guy never really had anyone living here. This place was vacant for like four years. And then my stepbrother was like, Ahem, hello. Uh, a, you could be making money, and B, I need a place to live. Like, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. The guy was like, yeah, all right. And then he left to go to Vancouver, because uh, when you date a girl, all the girls want to go back to Vancouver. Even if they're not from there, they want to go. So he's like, yeah. lazy Australia. Um... And then, like we were saying earlier, I needed a place. This was a step up uh, from my other place, which was a great place, as you know. Four ninety nine Bloor. Yeah, but I needed to get up, or else I would. It just would have been bad. It would have a never ended, and I'd be in like Groundhog Day kind of a thing. Yeah, I get tired day. And then, um, but that landlord almost drove me into yeah, Looney Bin. And even though it got a little bit better because they hired this uh, uh, building company or whatever, property management, I was like, I can't get that. Four years. Plus, you know, four years. Like, that's yeah, a long time. Four years? It's a long time to do anything. 25 to 29. I wish I lived in a place for four years. I've never been in a place in Toronto for more than two years. In the almost 10 years I lived here. That's probably pretty good. Those short term goals. Ah, can't move anymore. I'm like, I'm stuck at like the most expensive place I've lived in, which is great. I love it, and I want to stay, and things are going well right now. I'm a little like nervous about what's going to happen, just with like the transition that I've recently taken. Yeah. But uh, plug in your headphones, yeah. like me. Plug them into there, and then talk into this thing. It should be it should be all right. Ah, it's in the bottom. The iPhone five. The ones in the bottom. You can see this one message, and then I'm. Uh, Okay. Um, 
Yeah, moving, uh, as you get older, moving sucks because you get tired. What's your opinion of this? I'm listening. Over 30, you can't ask your friends to help you move anymore. There's some... Uh, what? Yeah, there's some discussion. Over 30, you got to hire movers rather than, you know, there'll be pizza and beer if you just come and help me move my sectional. Uh, I just, I think... I just think people will find more excuses to not help you move over the age of 30, I think. Well, people get busy. I have the kids. And people are lazier. Like, I literally had that experience uh, this weekend, essentially, which wasn't moving, but uh, I went on a hockey tournament up north and uh, with a bunch of guys I didn't know. And uh, my one good friend from back home uh, had been doing this tournament for 10 years. And they talk about how they go up Thursday night, hammered, play hockey like Friday morning, Friday night, hammered, Saturday hockey, play a couple games, Saturday hammered, Sunday finish it off, Sunday get hammered, go back to school, because it was Easter weekend. Wow. And how like, you know, but that was that wasn't that unordinary for a twenty to twenty-four year old at that time. Sure. You know, because you're like, young. Hey, let's you get drunk again. It. It's fucking college. And then uh on Sunday, we are just, like, destroyed. Yeah. And, like, we went pretty hard on the Friday and fairly hard on the Saturday. Hockey combined. and played one game on Sunday. And we just talked about how, like, old our bones are and how, like, we used to, you know, do this stuff when we were younger. But it's... That weighs on the phone call or the text when somebody just, like... I got a buddy messaged me. He actually moved from here. Uh, to like right over there. Yeah. <laughs> That's were, good for an audio podcast. They were... Uh, From here to there. Yeah, right. Because they were... This is not, is it? Yeah. Oh, is it? Are we yeah. recording? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know we were like doing it. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was going to say plug your thing in and then I'll, I'll be able to hear you better through your... Uh, do you want me to plug it in? Just plug it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How come you don't plug me? Uh, because I was worried that when you plugged it in oh, I wouldn't pick up. Pick up. Yeah, so... He moved from here to there. He moved from here to there, uh, which could be very far, could be very close. <laughs> here to there seems close. Uh, it's very close. Here to over there. But he, he messaged me, and it wasn't the same... I didn't have the same internal response as I had, you know, uh, six, seven years ago when our friends had moved. It wasn't just like, yeah, fuck, I'm not doing anything, let's go move. Right. It was just like, oh, boy. How do I get out of this? You know? Yeah. Like pizza and beer, it's like, doesn't even matter. And well, because when you're younger, you're hanging out anyways, and it's kind of a party. The more people, the less time it takes, the faster you can drink the beers. Like, the weirdest, strangest move I've ever had was when Kate and I lived on Northcote and moved to St. Clarence. Like I said, I'm done We moved without me realizing it. She's like, oh, by the way, uh, we have a new apartment. I was like, yeah, oh, I love this one. And then I got the job. I got that PsyQ job. Yeah. So just by coincidence, our moving day was the first day of my TV show. Then and I was flying to California. So I thought I could get, I thought I could at least help. I hadn't even seen the apartment at this time. So then I was like, oh, uh, I can't move. My plane leaves in like at 10 a.m. or something. You showed up. You were the first guy to show up. I told you all about the new show. 
Where was Northcott? Northcott, Northcote, Northcott. It's Queen and Gladstone area. Queen and Queen and uh, Queen and. There's Gladstone. It's right near the uh, Drake Hotel. I remember. I remember specifically your place on St. Clarence because I lived down the street. Yeah. But the Northcott. Yeah. Moving out of there, I. That you, have, you have no recollection. You were in our living room. We lived on the second floor of this house, and then you could go up a ladder into an attic and then a, a rooftop patio. Uh, certainly not up to code. But I have vague... Sure I, I don't think you ever were there for a party or anything until that day. I wouldn't have been taking too long at this point. So you were there, then Ian McIntyre showed up, and then I think some other people showed up. I had not seen the place. I had to get my suitcase <laughs> and get on a plane. I was gone for a week. So the, how does that the happen? First time nothing I, is packed. Nothing would be packed. You were just found out. I was packing knowing I was going to a, to a new apartment, but I had not seen it. I saw no pictures. I saw no... Uh, I've only heard there's tile and a washer-dryer and a thing for the car. Um, That's just... Which was... We didn't even have the car at that time. But she, she did mention that it, it was a two-level... A two level, and I'm like, two levels? It's going on. Do you mean that we're on the second level? She goes, no, we're on the second level, but it's also two levels. I'm like, let's do it. That other level was just a step. Yeah, I, it was literally I, just. I don't remember a first level. It was the step that always got you when you were hammered. Right. You'd always trip over it or forget that it's there on your way down and hit the ground too far. And not too, a big enough high. step to be able to like put your shoes or anything like that mm-hmm. in the front. Entrance way as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, the step was stupid. There was yeah. no reason for this step. Um, so yeah, I and then I didn't. I spent one night there because the next day was Thanksgiving, and I went back to Ottawa. So I'd spent maybe six hours in that place in the first week that we uh, had it. But uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because you guys came out of the woodwork to to help her out. I that's I appreciate that. that's where uh, uh, Turnchuck Enterprises was originally <laughs> formed. Which is, of course, the, you know, the, the business, the unofficial business that me and Mike Tanchuk started was because we were literally so available and had nothing in our lives at the time. So we just worked, and because we were fairly competent uh, males, yeah. that we, you know, that everybody called us to, to move stuff. Well, you're strong, guys. You know, we're you the look first, the same. We're the first ones to call, and uh, we moved. Uh, anybody that moved between the years of 2006 and 2009 or 10, yeah. I believe we uh, we had a hand in, in moved at least 40 or 50 percent of their uh, their belongings. So which, uh, that's a lot of pizza and beer. That's a lot of pizza and beer. Were you around for the great Kira move into the ranch? Not. Were I you heard, in that circle? Yeah, I heard legends of it. Yeah, Every the time ranch we moved, move. Even, there wasn't too many difficult moves, but every move that we had, they're like, oh boy, like this one's a tough one. <laughs> that you ranch remember the ranch? Oh my God. That ranch, that was Derek Flores' old place. The floor in the living room went in. It had this huge divot, like enough that you could like lie down into it, mm-hmm. uh, but also had the greatest uh, rooftop patio. I've only heard rumors. Yeah, well, you you be happy that you missed out on that one. It was before my time. Yeah. yeah. So you guys were the moving guys, and then you became like the painting handyman guys for Colleen. Beat. Yeah, because we, yeah, we moved everybody, and um, ironically, anytime that I moved, I never asked anybody. I was just maybe just uh, you know such a uh, uh, 
what the hell? Nice guy. You're a nice, nice guy. guy uh, that doesn't do things when they need them to be done. I didn't do my. You're homework. a procrastinator. I'm a procrastinator. For some reason, hypocrite is coming to mind. I don't know why. No. I'm not a hypocrite. Ah, uh, procrastination. Yeah, uh, you. That's how much of a procrastinator you are. You didn't even take time to learn the I word. I didn't. I'll <laughs> learn it later. I'll figure that word out later. I'll get my buddy to tell me. Uh, yeah, that I just didn't, uh, I never called anybody, and I did the day that I have to move, and I'm, like, literally throwing everything in a garbage bag and just being pissed off that I have to move. Um, but back to, yeah, Term Check Enterprises. Right. Yeah, eventually Colleen got us to start, uh, painting, you know, touching up the theater, because when there's a new show, you know, there's a new set and everything like that, they want everything to look nice for opening night. Yeah. So we started touching it up, and then one day we needed... A new floor in the pass through, so I was like, "Well, I'll get Turnchuck and Turnchuck to do it." Turnchuck, and uh, so great. you know, so we put in that, and then uh, all of a sudden, we're like, "Oh, we got a little something here. Like maybe we should start uh, charging some premium prices for our premium quality work." <laughs> and uh, so then, and then the training center hired us as well, as well and we painted um, we painted all the offices in the training center, uh, which was a good uh, three or four days of work. And you know, I'm kind of good on painting. After that, I'm not a big painter i mean it's just it's just simple kind of dummy work they just need two guys to do it and yeah. it's cheaper than hiring out and we do a do a bang up job because you don't want to disappoint them right because you guys not only work for that company but you also like them you like the people that you work for and the last thing you want is for people to go oh geez these two guys come yeah. on yeah. um we some good plus so. yeah plus hanging out with a buddy killing time for six hours doing menial work with a buddy I worked with my brother for a week at a landscaping job. He, it was his summer job, but they needed to get it done fast, so he brought me in. And from 5 a.m. to about 5 p.m., it's like you're digging, you're pulling weeds, you're hammering something. But during that time, you're telling jokes. You're making each other laugh. You're oh, talking yeah. about girls in tube tops or whatever. There's a couple awkward silences in there. You, know you need those, like... though. You need those. Yeah. Or a ghetto blaster. Runs dry. The so, the yep. Hmm. Yeah. And you just sit there. But yeah, that you know, this, if someone told me, okay, over the course of the summer, I need you to build a fence. You got it. Yeah. Build a fence, no problem. See, that's another, I like I like doing the outdoor stuff, the indoor stuff. Uh, like I said, it was alright because it was me and Tanch, and usually when we fix up the theater or whatever, we get a couple of. Beers out of the deal, so it's nice. We're gonna hang around and have a couple of beers anyway, so we might as well. Well, it just—I always find it takes more effort to whine, bitch, and moan about a job than it is to actually do the job. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can bitch and moan while you're doing the job. So just do the job. That was a quote this weekend. One of the guys <laughs> had—he, I guess he used to be a really good hockey player. Okay. And he's just like so tired and family now that it just doesn't—he just can't play anymore. Right. He's just so gassed from regular life that he just can't play the way he used to play. And there's a guy who's single who used to not be able to play, but he's been taking spin classes and kind of getting back in shape. And now he is actually a better player than this other guy. So he's just like ripping into this guy all weekend. And eventually he told the guy, you can't play anymore. He said, like, Joe, if you put in half the effort you do about complaining about playing hockey into playing hockey, you would be a decent player. Right. And that way, we all need to, yeah, nothing to say about that. Yeah, okay. there, is, there is something to that. So I started this new job, this, like, back in the, the service industry job or whatever. It's tough to go back. It's tough. And if I went back to Second City, that, that would be tough, which is why I didn't do it. 
That yeah. would be almost like the last seven years would have been a waste. Um, but uh, working at a pub that I go to anyways, I might as well, well, if I'm here anyways, I might as well make some money. Because mm. what I would spend there, you make in a way. So you can do that. Now Plus, you get free beers when you go there on your days off. Uh, I guess they would do that. I'm sure they would totally get Maybe. They're pretty good. And, uh, you know, um, oh, I had a thing. And like I was saying earlier, like, if I am if I can't sleep anyways and, you know, professionally single, always be working. The other reason I got it is because I got to move and you got to prove, uh, prove uh, employment. But let me tell you, if I show some landlord this pay stub, they'd be like, uh-huh, that's not anything. I don't know what you're doing. So which brings me back to, like, it flashes me back. I'm like, how did anybody survive? Off what we made. Because especially in Second City, you only work, what, four, five hours, maybe? Yeah. And that was 10 bucks if you were a runner or an usher? Yeah. So that's 50 bucks a day, maybe. And then because you're 21 or whatever, you drink it all away. Mm-hmm. And then you start from zero. How did we ever do I it? I have no idea. But we I did mean, it. I mean, rent, obviously, the places that we lived in six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, were significantly cheaper. I know for me it was significantly cheaper, almost half of what I uh, pay now. Because eventually you just kind of upgrade, and you're like, yeah, I can afford a little more. Oh, it's only 50 bucks more than I pay now. Oh, it's only right, 50 bucks more right, right. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, man, that's tough. Though. What the hell? <laughs> 50 bucks in my last place, but that was fine. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was that. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Because, yeah, what? how would that have been possible? Did I really work? How many roommates many did you have? Uh, I had, uh, on average, I would say I had about three roommates, uh, sorry, there would be three people living yeah. in the place at, uh, any given time. At right. the majority of the places that I lived in, there was always two other guys. Right. So rent was usually between four and 600 for yeah. six, seven years. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Sure. Some included, some not, but, uh. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, but I, I you know. But I, you did it. I, I that's, it. That's the headspace I'm in right now. I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I've always told people this, too. If I ever go broke, it's okay, because I've already been there, yeah. and I knew how to get out of it, or I knew how to manage it. So now, in this whole new headspin, like, this beer, which Ryan was so gracious to bring over, this might be the first beer of the week, maybe. I don't really do this much anymore. Uh, just because I think that need or that want or whatever it was is gone. Plus, I just did my smart serve test for the first time in 30 years. Oh, wow. You ever do one of those? Obviously. Yeah, I had to. That thing will scare you straight. Uh-huh. It'll, because uh, they show, well, I don't know what it was like when you Unless did Unless you it. cheat. I guess. I guess. I cheated. But it's, uh, well, for me, I couldn't because the way they do it now is all online, obviously. They make you watch these little videos of guys being all drunk and, you know, <laughs> very, you know, Tanshuk McIntyre. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, every answer is stop serving people. Don't serve them any alcohol. Yeah. Legally, the only way to get around it is you should only be able to have one pint an hour. Right. And then you're sober. So, and then I think back to our stupid wild days. And you're like, how do we even get into places? How, how did we even keep getting served? Like, yeah, this bananas. I found out a couple of times that there's a point where you don't get in. Oh, really? But it wasn't where I thought I was. 
But it what? I don't I, know what that I, means. I, I believe that I was Oh, much totally more fine, sober. sir. And how are you this fine oh, evening? I would articulate like I had never articulated before in yeah. my life. And you strike up a conversation with the guy that you'd never talk to. Oh yeah. Hey man, how's business? Oh, talking about these lines, eh? So what's it like being a bouncer? Trip hey? over the sidewalk. <laughs> ah get the hell out of here, buddy. It's all in the eyes. Um, but yeah, so that certainly helped. And I've also realized it's way easier to not spend money. Now? Sure. Oh, the money that you save not spending on alcohol is... And just not going out all the time. It literally is unbelievable. You don't know how much money you save until you Yeah, you become a millionaire pretty fast. You do. I, you uh, feel better, I, you look better, and uh, your pocketbook's bigger. Yeah, I stopped drinking for a month, and I couldn't believe the cash that I'd have in my pockets at the end of the week. Like, it was just like, it just didn't go anywhere. It just stayed there. Right. You know, besides the odd food here and there, I was just like, I couldn't believe, like, what my bill, is this right? Like, why is my bill so low? Well, well I, I, I had a water. Well, that was my thing. I used to, because I have trouble, like, just being alone and, and, and sleeping. So I would just go until I got so drunk that I would just pass out. So my hot spot was always insomnia. And uh, interesting. And uh, uh, good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just put that together. Well, I'm an idiot. Um, and I knew the bartenders and waitresses. Like I got to that point where I'm like, look at that guy. He's always here. What a loser. Wait a minute. If I know he's always here, that must mean I'm always here. And my bill would always be a hundred dollars. You drink Oof. a lot of Manhattans, uh, have some Jameson shots with the bartender. Yeah. It would always be $100. Um, and there was this stigma in my brain and certainly in other people's brains. Where I'm like, well, I'm on TV. That must mean I'm making a lot of money. Uh-huh. No. Between taxes and agent fees, I was barely making more than what I was making at Second City. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so once you go, well, that's stupid, and you take that out, and then you really only need like two drinks. Like in January, I did a dry January and still went out. Uh, and then you have like a club soda or a Sprite or a whatever, but you're still having a good time because you're yeah. with people that you like. And so I don't know if that comes with age or just learning lessons. Or it, I think it does come with age. I, I remember being, <clears throat> I remember being like eighteen, from a small town. So like you start going to the bars around seventeen, <laughs> sure, uh, eighteen, and. Uh, you know, and the guys who are like 25, 26 that would be there, like, you know, the hell are these guys doing here? You know what I mean? Like, hanging out with a bunch of high school kids, essentially, at the bar. And uh, anyway, I always wondered, I'm like, am I going to be that guy when I'm like in my mid to late 20s? Am I, I always hoped that I would eventually just not want to go out, but I couldn't imagine because I loved going out when I was younger. Yeah, going so out's like, the best. What happens if I'm in my late 20s? And I like need to go out and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going out. I'm 28. I don't care. I'm going to this bar with a bunch of kids. I know the kids anyway. They're all great. So I'm going. Like these other guys that are walking on the bar. They're super weird. They're hitting on my friends who are way younger than they are. And they like it. And I don't like it because they're young. And he's old. And he's a douchebag because he's old. And for no other reason, he's a douchebag just because he's old. And because right. I can't, I can no longer talk to this girl because she's talking to this guy who has a, you know, a car and probably a mortgage. Um, but... I was happy. I realized when I was in my late twenties, I was like, you know what? I'm like, it's funny looking back on it that I, I no longer, I didn't have that drive to go out like Saturday night. You know what I mean? I'm finished work. I'm tired, and I'm gonna go to sleep. 
I'm not going to make a phone call to go out. I don't feel the need to, and I'm more than happy to go to sleep and wake up tomorrow. And uh, I, I was pretty... Wake up with the sun. I was happy that I came to that decision and that I wasn't like, oh, God, I need to go out so bad, but if I go out, I'm going to be that guy. But yeah. I guess luckily for the city of Toronto, there's many places you can go to or other people... Yeah, and that was part of the reason why I moved back, or not moved back, but moved here. Uh, right down by the lake is uh, completely different than uh, blowing the annex. Mm. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm kind of out of it, kind of out of the scene, uh, save some money. Uh, I have a well-stocked bar uh, yeah. that I inherited. Um, so that was pretty good. But you do kind of go, yeah, maybe I'll go out. But then you do get those things where you're like, yeah, but what if I just went to like somebody's house and we played cards or, or uh, board games and had wine? Like it sounds very adult and lame to a twenty-five-year-old, twenty-four-year-old, maybe. Yeah. But it's that's an evening. That's great. Actually, that's where I'm at right now. Do that more. I never, I never get together with like people. I guess it's hard though too. Like everybody's always busy at some given point of the week. Like it's rare to have like a night off with a number of other people. Yeah. Based on people that we know who are half are in the service industry, the other half work full time and have relationships and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just busy in life. Well, the only traditional thing that I have and I've had it for years is Monday nights. Monday nights with Downey are usually uh, That's good. hangouts. It's yeah, good to have uh, like repetition like that. Yeah, 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 like a thing like that. And I think the more you do, you know, and I guess that's why people join like a dodgeball club or mm-hmm. whatever. It just gives them something to do. Softball. This. Uh, this uh, summer, for me, I haven't played uh, softball in a while besides the odd second city. Oh, yeah. I remember we Saturday. used to do that. Sure. But, um, yeah, I joined specifically for that reason because I'm like, you know what? It's going to get me out of the house. I haven't. Now I, I have to go. If I sign up, I'll have to go. And yeah. same thing is, you know what? Like, <clears throat> it's the nice thing about going back to the service industry as well is that it's, uh, it's social. Social, so at right. At least you're out. You know, you're making money. Like, yeah, it sucks the odd time when somebody sees you and you're working and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, work at a bar, but it's just like, yeah, everyone needs a job, man. Fuck it, man. Like, yeah. make a couple <laughs> bucks. Like, what are you doing tonight? You're at this bar drinking. Yeah. You're doing the same shit. You're just not getting What you're spending, I'm making. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, I was saying that to Danny, too, and he goes, yeah, but I'd rather be the guy spending. I'm like, sure, <laughs> yeah, sure. Sucks, I get man. it. I get it. Get all out of here. <laughs> So that's, Everyone that's, needs a job. That's uh, that's my what's gonna be my Wednesday softball. You know, like some I play hockey in the winter just because right. I love the sport. But uh, but softball, you, you play softball for the social. Nobody's playing softball to work on any type of skills or get a workout. If anybody's telling you to play in softball to get a workout, they need to they need to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I played it just to hang out and tell jokes and and try to hit a dinger, try to hit a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Get in the co-ed leagues, you know, everybody's talking, hanging out, you go for drinks after, spend the money. Something to do, right? Something to do. Um, but you said that you kind of stopped doing everything. You you had a big shift because you were working with Tanchuk, mm-hmm. which I didn't even put together. That is the Turnchuk guys doing the moving business. At uh, Designer Public, do you mean? Yeah, or yeah. Like, yeah. Sidebar story. Do you know who Winston Spear is? Yes. Obviously, he's the best. When he first moved to this town, uh, you know... Has he done this yet? No. I was thinking he should. Uh, He had a moving company, him and his buddy, right? They had a truck, and they would just move you. But it was called Hans Moving, 
So, like, if they'd sleep in and, you know, show up late, <laughs> oh, the customer would be like, hey, you guys were supposed to be here an hour ago. It's like, oh, well, we were supposed to, you know, we were told to show up now. You know what? Take it up with Hans. <laughs> there was no Hans. This is a true story. True story. Wow. There was no... Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> you can't complain to a guy who doesn't exist. What, what is the, does it just go to voicemail? Like, if you call the number? I guess. I mean, this was, you know, 20 some odd years ago. So, whatever it was. But that's that's a great thing, and that just shows how creative, you know, us want to be comedians. I, I can, I can, I mean, this probably isn't true, but I, I just feel like his his moving truck must have just been awesome, filled with lights and like, music. You only have to drive it at night so you can truly appreciate how wild and just colorful. Because Winston his show is, yeah, a very unique show, and it's very cool, and he's got a lot of neon lights, yeah. and it's just a. He never, you he never stops. You can't quite figure out what it is, but you know you're seeing something. It's like Blue Man Gluten's Tron in the future with some cool music. That's a, that's a good thing. When we did that Fringe show from Montreal and Toronto, that was the hardest part, was describing what the show was. Not that's bad. what we should have used, was Blue Man Group meets Tron. In that would have been a great, in the future. <laughs> in the future, exactly. Um, so... If you're working in the service industry and you stop working in the moving thing, what? So, but you still have like a, a, a you know, a Joe job, let's say. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying it's because you got like a few TV gigs. Mm-hmm. What are those gigs, or what were they? Uh, I had I shot Orphan Black in January. Oh my God! How was that? It was awesome. What did you do? Uh, it was brief, uh, but nonetheless, still I, great know, credit. Hadn't booked anything in a little while. Signed up a new agency in September. Uh, you know, BRB. Uh, right. Rustin Bell. And, like, just couldn't be happier. I, I think not I'm be right back? Not be right, be right back. back. That was, that, that's uh, what my first agent should have been called. They, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> I feel like Winston could have ran that uh, <laughs> moving company. Um, yeah, and they've been, uh, they've been awesome. I'm, uh, they, have a really, they have a lot of uh, really talented comedians on their roster and... That's that's not me at all, and I think that's kind of where I fit in. Not necessarily on the not a comedian at all. I got just little bits of me that has uh, the comedy background and stuff, but uh, nowhere near uh, what uh, most people on the roster have. But I think that's where I fit in. Where I'm, I'm more of the rough and tough kind of looking guy who'll go for the cops and the the army guys and whatnot. And uh, and luckily, army is big right now. There's a lot of stuff. That's shooting that's taking place in Syria or wherever. Combat the is. is Combat Hospital still? Is that still a show? I don't think I don't that's think still that's a, show, a show, no. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's been good, you know what I mean? And obviously you got to start small, and that's those are the auditions that uh, I like. And you kind of just, you know, you just keep throwing darts, and eventually you're going to land something. Yeah. Know? So yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah, January it worked out well. I found out literally... Right before Christmas, and uh, I was a little nervous because I know that uh, January is a slow time. I hadn't booked anything yet. November to March, really? Like these guys, I'm like, I don't know, I haven't haven't booked anything yet, and like they're not getting feedback because obviously that's not how the industry works. People aren't going to call you and be like, oh, you had a good audition or you had a bad audition, unless you had a really bad audition. Um, (laughs) We never want to see him again. I heard that that phone call gets made sometimes. Really? Uh, That's I heard that uh, from uh, from somebody a while ago. I remember that said. Uh, they're not going to call if you have a good audition, but uh, they they might call if, if you have a really bad one. Wow! But I'm sure if they have a good relationship with the casting director, that you know there would be some conversation there. But anyway, uh, 
Yeah, I, I literally, I got the call and uh, wanted the Christmas break with that. And it was, uh, I was just, yeah, over the moon, just like, oh God, like, thank God I just got something. And it's small, um, I'm in the third season, uh, halfway through. It's a pretty, it's, I'm, I'm happy that it's a very integral episode uh, to the story. I marathoned Orphan Black and uh, it's, like, it's a really great show. I actually did fully enjoy watching yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good show. Um, so what did you do? What was your role? Uh, my role, I am, we're at a, an army base, of course, and, um, and one of the, I gotta be careful what I say, because I don't want to give away too much, because there are some Spoilers. things that happen. Um, has the show aired already? No. Oh. The new season hasn't aired yet. Oh, wow. I believe it airs, uh, in the next month or two. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, one of the, uh, leads, uh, he... Uh, is off the base, and there is a mutiny on the base, and the guy who is uh, out, and he's uh, touring around or doing a, a patrol, I think. Yeah. Um, he's one of the bad guys, or whatever. So anyway, he's with another guy. So they drive back into the base, and then I'm there to question the the driver, like you know, where's where's so and so? He's like, oh, I lost him, blah blah. I lost track of him, and then you know we're pissed off, blah blah. And then I throw this guy. Uh, more or less in the jail of the uh, barracks right. because we're holding all people who could be against who is now in charge. Do you follow me? Because there's a mutiny. I think I'll have to tune in. I think you have to tune in. Uh, don't, so don't blink. So uh, classic. Well, I was just gonna say classic question. How many lines you got? Uh, it was an actor role, so that means that it was less than six lines. Uh, I did do ADR for it, which I was like, yes. Hey, cool. They use my footage. I'm in it. So uh, wait, what did you say? Is an actra or an actor role? Actor, actor role. So less actor than six role. lines. Yeah. Actor. So not a principal. Not a principal. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get um, it. When I first heard that, like ten years ago, uh, I had a friend and I was like, yeah, uh, you know, I, I got a bit. I'm in a thing. I'm in an mm-hmm. episode of thing. I'm like, oh, what? What is it? What are you? Uh, well, it's I'm a principal. <laughs> like you, I'd never <laughs> cast you as a principal. What are you talking about? What kind of school? And then they're like. No, it's a principal role. I'm like, I know the role of a principal. Oh. Come on, and they're like, you know. I was hoping you thought he was a literal principal. Like he just got a job at a school, but he he thought he was going to play a principal on TV. That's what that's what I thought. I thought he was cast as a principal. No, yeah, and I thought you said that he was literally just going to be a principal. <laughs> like he just yes, out of either way, got a job. the anecdote joke works. Very close. Right. Um, well, that's cool. So one day. Uh, that it airs? One day you Oh, work. one day. Yeah, just one day. One day? One day. Trailer? Uh, I got a trailer. Yeah. I doubt I'm in the trailer. No, no, no. You're in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actor, yeah, I guess it's actor It's like having roles. a conversation. I feel like my mom. So what? <laughs> How many? What's the... Now I know what my mom's going through. Yeah, these trailers are great. The They're small, are... but there's nothing better than seeing your name or whatever on a door of a trailer. I was in my trailer for Five hours. Too, it's too five long. Five or six hours waiting. I was called to set for 3 p.m. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, there's a hand. Now, we're not, now, I want to preface this. Mm-hmm. You're not complaining. We oh. are not complaining. Oh, God. Because we'll no, we would do am... this. We are not complaining. We're just yes, telling you a story. We're just am, telling a story. I am elated. <laughs> the entire day is like. It's the greatest moment of our life. It's literally the. The dream, you are in the dream. You are in the dream. You have a day 
to live this dream. Right. Um, so every part about it is, is unbelievable. So I just do not want to screw this dream up. I want to make this dream uh, as memorable as possible and make sure that I have a great time and that everybody around me can be like, you know, hey, he's a good guy or whatever. Right. Um, but anyway, I was like, I get in my trailer and, you know, get the wardrobe going and they send up the makeup and I'm like, yeah, he's fine. Um, and then I sit back down and I'm ready to go and I'm ready to go. I'm like focused in. I'm like, okay, like let's make sure that like, because I'm a little bit nervous. I haven't sure. been on set in a while and, uh, you know, I want to make sure that this thing goes perfectly and, you know, that I just don't screw anything up. And then if anything, maybe someone glimmer down the line, somebody would be like, hey, you know, that, that guy was great and that, you know, that little two-line thing and I need, I need a guy for a two-line thing in my thing. Yeah. Um, but you can't ever go back. You can't do another Orphan Black, can you? Uh, I, well... Unless there's no, another similar scenario. I really, really, really doubt, but I, I yeah, I really doubt that I won't get a, a reoccurring role out of this, but I didn't die. I didn't die. Some and I've died in a few things. Ooh. So you tell the parents, like, yeah, no recurring, I'm dead. Um, so, anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm just, like, in the zone, waiting. Starting to like drift off. Check your phone. Check your phone. As soon as you check your phone, someone's gonna walk you back. Can't need you. I'm like, no, oh, I didn't. I'm not ready. You know, hour, hour and a half. But goddamn, I'm getting real hungry. <laughs> but I don't want to leave. You gotta then, leave. Well, at some point. But I'm like, you know, I haven't done it in a while. So I was like, I just any time that I've done it, it's been like, you know, bang, 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 get you out, do it, get you back, game, you're done. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> cut to like three hours later, <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> asleep. On the, uh, you know, I got the little, uh, the little bed there. Yeah. And I'm just like passed right out. Wake up. Like, oh God. Like, do, do they, do they need me? Do they, no, no, no. Okay. That'd be ridiculous. They, <laughs> they would have hurt you. Uh, eventually then I kind of got a little more comfortable. Uh, I was just like, asking somebody like, hey, can I get some washroom around here? Like, oh, yeah. It's right there. It's fine. Craft truck's over there. Like, oh God. Perfect. Yeah. Got out there. Did it. It was good. I assume that I am not going to be needed. I thought that I wouldn't be on camera because one of the leads is kind of doing something uh, hidden. Uh, he's actually he's under the truck. He's under the truck. I, I don't think I'm giving away too much by by doing that. But right. um, he's under the truck. But uh, yeah, did the ADR and, and they they did use some of my footage. Well, pretty much all of it, which is just some. Yeah. In general. But, but sometimes those auditions are the toughest. If that's even proper grammar. Where you going, okay, I got these four or five lines. Where is he? Where are you? I don't believe you. Get in there. Oh, right? They're, they're and terrible, you're like, but the best. They're the best. So you're like, well, so it's a fine balance of going, well, whatever, it's five lines. But sometimes it's just a lot of fun to be that five line guy. Because you can like just chew up the scene as much as you want. You don't want to go too big, obviously. Yeah. But you just, you don't also want to seem like the guy who's out of place. It's funny because I'm bald. What? As you know, in front of me. Yes. Um, and I've been shaving they gave for you a long wig? time. And no. Uh, <laughs> no yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there might be a few guys out there that have hair that they could use, but uh, I think that that has been very beneficial. Oh, absolutely. And um, and I just I booked another thing that I just shot uh, this past uh, last week, and I that was a principal role. Great. So I'm slowly moving up. And Congratulations. On set. And um, anyway, I believe that you know as much as my lack of hair might have hurt me in other things, which sometimes it's hard to have an audition and, you know, you felt that you did really well and you kind of look back on it and you watch whoever uh, got the role and you're just like, guys, 
look at that. How can I compete with that hair? Right. You know? But then there's these roles where it's like army guy, not a lot of lines, so they're going to get somebody to shave their head. You know, where this guy, he was okay as well, so let's just take him. And I right. feel like that has uh, uh, been very beneficial to me, at least in the last uh, two months anyway. Well, and I think it is, is the thing that comes with age, too. You know, like if you're 26 and completely shaved, but you look, have a baby face, you mm-hmm. may just look like a big baby. Yeah. Um, but you know your type, right? I know. You know your type. I and love so it. I'm that's, very happy with my type. So that must be like a pretty comforting thing. It is, is yeah. I mean, I'm more than happy to book every... Like you could be on Rain. You could be like a soldier in Rain. Like I auditioned for a soldier in Rain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I auditioned for Rain two weeks ago. How'd it go? One British, line. British accent. Yeah, you need a RP. RP. RP accent. That's correct. You've done. You've done your research. Uh, that your research. Hello. Oh, Jesus. Um, that casting house. I've only been there twice. One for Bomb Girls and one for this. Uh, Years apart. John, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that waiting room's the best because it's as oh, soon as you open the door, tight. there's everybody, and it's a room that's probably eight feet by eight feet. There's six chairs. Maybe eight chairs. Yeah, I think there's eight chairs. Uh, this primary estate. Um, and they're within a foot. Both chairs are facing each other. It's like a go train if with you, eight chairs. Yeah, if you stuck your feet out, you'd be touching the other guy. Yeah. Uh, so they just finished Divergence? Is that the show? Uh, Defiance. Defiance, thank yeah. you. So there were still guys left over from that, and then us. And they were doing all kinds of roles. You know, uh, older roles, guys for, for whatever. There's a one-line thing. And the servant. And your only line is, Lady Kara, your carriage awaits. That was it. So again, if when you're younger and stupid, you'd be like, ah, I can get drunk. It's only one line for the rock. But you're, like you say, you need to have that proper accent. And you can't, you know, you screw it up and blah, blah, blah. But that was the whole audition. They also asked me how tall I was, which yeah. I found weird. Uh, I've been so, getting that a lot recently. So you go in and you're like, Lady Kara, your carriage awaits. Uh, but I've been really focusing on turning down the energy. Because forever and ever and ever, being in kids' TV, you're always big and, hey, hey, especially when you've got to fill a minute and a half by yourself. Be big, be big, be big. So every class I've taken over the last year, different teachers, different instructors, different people, you just turn it down. Just start at negative zero, and that might help. So I was like, great, this is just one line. What can you do with one line? Unless it's Luke, I am your father, which is a pretty pivotal line. Mm-hmm. But Lady Carry your carriage awaits. Come on. You, what do you, you can't. What's my inner. What's my. What is my you want? Can't what's break my in the secret? Three acts. What? Mm, Lady, Cara, Lady Cara, your carriage awaits. You can break that in three acts. Sure. <laughs> you, the thing, is here. Um. But then, uh, yeah, and then you're like, well, do I love her? Is she like my interest? Do I want to move up in the thing? No, forget it. She is your superior. Mm-hmm. You are her slave or employee or whatever. There's that dynamic. So go for it. And that all transpired in this one audition. So I go, hey, okay, your carriage awaits. And he goes like, um, yeah, more energy. And I went, what? For the last year, everyone's me turn it down. They go, give me some more energy. So I went, lady carry, your carriage awaits. And they go, no, not urgency. Energy. Also, you want to be smiling because she's royalty. Okay? You do it a third time, like, good. Direction is good. Well, I showed that I can do it three different ways. Did I get the part? No. But then you're like, well, 
So, and that's always a fine balance to get upset or not upset about. You're like, it's one line, anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. And then the thing is, yeah, but why not you? If anybody can do it. They're casting for a reason. I, I don't know how. There they... are some castings that you can just cast off my headshot. Come on. Oh, yeah. There was this thing for whatever. you SOCs should all be off your headshot. SOC auditions. Especially I... SOC callbacks. What? Come on. I send you my headshot, <laughs> plus you take my picture again. You just stand there? Okay, great. See you later. My headshot's way better than this. I yeah. paid 500 bucks for it. That's right. I'm tired now. But when the headshot was taken, great. Yeah, the SOC, uh, the SOC world is an interesting world. It's funny how things like happen for a reason. You know, like I hadn't, A couple years ago, I hadn't booked anything in a while. And I was with a, a different agency at the time. And uh, I hadn't been going out too much, and and you know I'm questioning all these things. I'm like, and I was I was an actor apprentice at the time, and I was just like, oh god, like I'm paying these union dues, and like the ever since I became an apprentice, I stopped. I, you I'm stopped working. Out, I'm going out a lot less because I don't go for any non-union stuff, which yeah. is what I need on my resume at the time. And then like right at my breaking point, I booked an SLC out of nowhere, guys. Number whatever yeah. sitting at table yeah. while a raffle's going on, I, wh- like the the uh, the audition. It's not even it's not even an audition. Like it's I mean it's obviously there's a method to the madness. There the hopefully that hopefully is. It, they want Otherwise a specific person. I'm assuming they break it up. There's some ethnicity. There's some different looking people in the crowd. Big, tall, short, small, whatever. Um, but yeah, I I I also got called back for that too. I called back I, for sitting guy. For sitting, it, there wasn't <laughs> even a name. It was just you were auditioning for this raffle thing, and uh, yeah, I mean, I am I get the call from the agent like you got it. And I'm like, holy hell, this is yeah. awesome. Because not only do I get to be on set for the day and kind of get to live back in that dream, uh, you know, I'm getting paid. Yeah, and you're getting paid. Uh, you know, and also, like, now I'm like, okay, great. Like, that was the last credit that I needed. But what I had to pay to join Actra, I'm like, I'm now, this is going to cost me money. Yeah. Um, even with this commercial. And then two weeks later, and I, I, don't, I don't book any commercials. I'm not a, I don't think that I'm a very commercial-esque person. I don't know how to do it. Just based on my looks. I don't know how to do it. You know, and there's a million funnier guys out there, like all the, the Second City guys, and, uh, you know, and they're great at what they do. And uh, so, and then two weeks later, I'm like, oh, what do I do? Like, you know, like, I, I got to become an actor now, but it's going to cost me as much money on top of what I'm making from this commercial. And then two weeks later, I book another SOC. And I was just like, if things were ever to happen for a reason, it was at this moment, because I'm like, well, now I can afford to for Actra. I'm like, I guess I should continue doing this because this thing that never happens ever. And I've been uh, with an agent for four years at this point, maybe five. I had one other commercial under my belt that was also SOC essentially. And a couple of little roles here and there in in TV and short films and whatnot. But uh, but not commercials. And then two within a two-week period and then never again. Yeah. It's uh, It's a crazy, crazy thing, man. Crazy thing. But you keep going. You keep going. It's like dating. It, I haven't figured out this analogy quite yet, but auditioning and booking stuff is like dating because and relationships. Because you like girls. 
or, you want to eventually get a girl. Or, or whoever, you know, whoever you fancy. But, because you're like... Well, for, I'm mean, sorry, specifically, specifically you. Yeah, specifically me. Yeah. Sure. Because you're like, okay, now if it is heartbreaking when you go out for something, whether it's one audition, two auditions, three auditions for one thing, and you don't get the part, that's like going out with a girl once, twice, and then she never calls you again, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if you book something, like a recurring role, and book a season on a show, or, you know, whatever... And that's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then it goes away. And then you go, well, what could I have done to tr- keep it? You know, so there, there is a fine balance. It's, you know. And you get, you know, the screen test. You get so far, you get to the screen test. Sure. And you're about to book the lead. Yeah. And then, once again. Or you can film the, the pilot end. and then they recast you and shoot the pilot again with somebody else. You know, it's like, um, it's like. My YTV thing, like, there's a guy who works there who's great and awesome, and he's been there 14 years, and that's a marriage. So there's pros and cons to that. It's stability. He knows what he's going into all the time. Whereas I was like, yeah, but I want to see what else is out there. So there's pros and cons, I'm sure. Stability, great. You could do this in your sleep. And it's still entertaining. You get to go to L.A. every once in a while, talk to celebrities. So there are many jobs within that big job. Yeah. But at the same time, that's eventually going to run out. And then what? And then you'll be, what, what are you going to do? And maybe the next thing you'll do won't be the thing that you want to do. And you kind of fear that. Because now you have an actual marriage and a house and some kids. Whereas when you're still young and you're independent, you're like, okay, I did that, and I'm going to do something else. You know, just, I never really, you know. In a marriage, having kids, what would be the equivalent of that in acting? Because like you're saying, like, you know, you just say you book a lead on the TV show, yeah. it runs for 10 seasons, that's like a marriage. You know, you got the security, the stability. Yeah. You know, you're pissed off, you have time, but you still go to work. Yeah. And you make it work. So what are the kids' what, what, in analogy? A marriage, what would the kids be in the acting In the acting industry? analogy? Because you're... In the role. Yeah. <laughs> your agent, I guess. An agent, your yeah. agent. They switch agencies? No, your your agent because you need to give them money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's that. You got to kind of look after them, but you don't. You know, you know They're also looking after you. The agent is a strange beast as well. Yeah. Yeah, because there is that thing, especially non-performers, a.k.a. parents or cousins or brothers and sisters. Well, what is your agent doing for you? What are they? They're doing all they can, I'm sure. But eventually, let's remember, once I go to that casting house, it's up to me. Because the last thing you want is, come on, he's great. That's almost like your mom calling. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm... Maybe the agents are the parents. Maybe they're the parents. Of the, uh, of that the acting thing? industry. Then what are the casting agents? The casting agents would be the... Uh, oh, yeah. The casting agents... I guess you're right. They would be right. like the priest. No. That's not anything. That's not anything. But like I think getting you're right. Married, you know I, I mean? think like the... Married. Oh, getting married? Because they're giving you the work, but I guess the director is essentially... Yeah, maybe, maybe the they're the Tinder. The Tinder? Maybe they're the Tinder. We'll hook you up with this. Then it's up to yeah, you. Yeah, they're the website. Maybe they're the website. Sure. They're the third party. Right. They're not making the final... I re- Yeah, I don't know. But the other good thing is, uh, the, the the other reason you're here is, speaking of auditions, uh, you were very instrumental in, in fulfilling 
my mom's hope and dream of eight years. Oh, with uh... with Murdoch. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. No, I didn't yeah. do anything. Well, you, you, you did. You gave me because I would have screwed it up. I was the buddy. I was the wingman. That's all I was in that maybe. Well, yes, you were because I had to juggle in the audition, or at least I thought I did, and I would have. But doing the stand-up and the scene, your suggestion was they're going to ask you, and you were totally right. If you can juggle, you say yes, and then you leave the room. <laughs> and don't even bring these juggling balls. Always say yes. And I was hesitant. I was like, ah, yep, yeah, I'm going to take his advice. And I totally did it. And then they went, great. And then I got it. That and then I awesome. didn't even really have to juggle in the thing anyway. Sometimes you don't. But <laughs> they want to see just to make sure. It's like, always say, I had a similar thing with that, the Rain Audition where um, I had booked uh, Damien, which is the, the pilot that I shot last week, and, um, and I had an audition for Rain about three weeks ago, and it, the Rain was sh- uh, episode was shooting the same days as, as uh, Damien. So it was a similar story where was my age was just like, if they ask you if you are available for Rain, you just say yes. Yeah. We will figure it out afterwards. Exactly. But... Cross you know, that bridge. Same thing. Like, because you're probably not going to shoot. Like, commercials is a quick turnover. But with the TV shows, usually there's a couple of days, weeks, whatever, yeah. where it's like, yeah, can I skate? Like, yeah, yep, I can. And then, like, leave, and then you go right to a rink, and you freaking learn how to skate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite stories. And that was a principal role for you? Yeah, three days. That's awesome. Three days is freaking great. Eyes in the opening scene. Um, right, my yeah, not to get into it, but my mom sort of took the enjoyment of that away in the sense I that I was so excited for you to talk to your mom because she, I remember you telling me that she was so she loves the show. Yeah, but ever since, because I auditioned for you know Johnny Harris's role eight years ago, right? And ever since, and that was a mistake to tell her that because for eight years, well, come on, and then so I got it. And then I showed her the script on Skype because she uh, it was my birthday when I told her. And she had broken it back. And her first response was, how did you get that? And you're like, how did you get that? Or how did you get that? What? <laughs> so, you know, but then when it aired and she told the whole town and all her friends and everything, yeah. she watched it four times in a row, in a row. This, that night. Wow. And then it aired again, I think, right after the holidays. She watched it again, and then it aired again. And then you're just I like... I want to see that. I want to see this. No. It's no. I do. I do want, I want to there see is, uh, There's no acting in this. Yeah. Uh, on my end. It's just a lot of... Uh, hey, yeah, hey. <laughs> the whole Yeah, the whole episode's on YouTube. But, um, but on, by the third day, I was like, I want to always be doing this. Now, oh, yeah. now I feel confident, comfortable. I know the crew now, and I've made friends. Or I'm not just the hey, hi kind of guy that that I was in day one or day it's two. It's like it's uh, it's an unbelievable experience. I almost had like post set depression when I was leaving that day. Sure. And you go back to you know the service industry, and I I was leaving that day, and um, you know I am unlocking my bicycle. I'm out in the east end. And uh, one of the background guys who was one of my, uh, I was a U.S. mercenary, and he was one of my mercenaries. And uh, anyway, I saw him, and he was uh, walking out, and I was 
getting my bicycle out because I ride all over the city. Right. Um, and he's like, what the? Where's your Ferrari? Yeah. And I'm like, ah, yeah, ha, ha. Like, hey, man, like, come on. Like, you've been around in the industry long enough. Like, this is the reality, bud. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, yeah. It's like, yeah, starving artist, I guess. I'm like, yeah, like, two days on set. That would pay for a Ferrari hat, or, <laughs> you know. Not even maybe, the gas. Maybe the steering wheel. Well, because after you know, you always got to remember taxes. But uh, at the same point, sometimes by the time you even get the check, it's a month, two months, and then it just goes into rent or the buddy you owe who covered your rent. Yeah. Um, so it's it's still it's, it's still like the best. It's still the best feeling to get those paychecks and. I hope it is for guys that book a lot of commercials or things like that. Like I'm sure it is as well, but uh, you know that's yeah. The set is a whole other experience. I guess sure. like, to be on a TV show to, to know the crew and and to you know to kind of talk to the leads and kind of get a vibe from what they go through and stuff like that. Like you know, it would be uh, I, it would be beyond just the work itself, like just the acting work for a leading actor. Uh, that would be very difficult, obviously, uh, to be able to put a show on your back essentially but I think a lot of the behind the scenes stuff would be almost as hard just from they um, never stop moving those guys they never stop moving and you know you're the superstar of that work environment you know what I mean like if there was a crew that worked behind a hockey team you know like um, you know, this is a bad example because obviously like Sidney Crosby's a superstar to the world who? yeah yeah uh, <laughs> But, you know, um, he's the superstar for that, for that core group. And everybody's got to make sure he's okay, blah, blah, blah. But the guy was, you know, I got to talking to him a little bit. And um, this is uh, Damien. Uh, Damien on the, on the show, Damien. Um, it's about a guy named Damien. Um, and he, you know, he was talking about these weirdos that kind of like come up to him and stuff like that. And, and he was a super great guy, really nice guy. And he just kind of talked about, like, yeah, he's doing this one like weird Batman uh, accent, like Bane or something like that. He's like, yeah, this guy came on set and all he was doing was talking to me in a in Batman accent. It's like, it was kind of funny, but, you know, I, I could have done without the accent. Like, he was great about it, but I could tell him, like, this guy probably bothered the shit out of him yeah. for, like, two or three days. But you get that, because, like, you know, the background guy, everybody kind of wants, wants to talk to the... Even I'm like, I don't want to talk to him, but, like, you know, I don't. Like, I just want to let him do his work. He probably got his homework in his head and I don't want to... That's what lunch is for. Him. If he's having lunch or they're having lunch, she's having lunch. You go, let's see, can I sit here? And you just chat. And chat over yeah. There. If I ever it's did difficult. it again, if I ever did a show like that again on three days or had a trailer or whatever, leave my trailer door open. Yeah. I was never really in my trailer because I just wanted to see how the show worked. And um, I, I, with YTV, you're in the same studio with the crew. So I was used to that, just hanging out with the crew. Yeah. But yeah, definitely I'd, I'd do it again because otherwise it just feels almost like jail in a way you, you walk by everyone else's trailer and they're, they're just like looking out sitting the there or, you, you know it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's fun you're all in it together and the work is the audition and the in between times oh yeah the play is hey look how great this is yeah um, and certainly that show the Murdoch app I mean Ryan Belleville was on it Justin Landry Winston Spear was in it oh that's uh, Ron cool. Peterson so to me it was like this is the greatest birthday present ever. Yeah. Um, Were you on set for your birthday? No. 
No, uh, a couple of weeks before though, like two weeks before Still, my birthday. Still, that's crazy. I, yeah, it is I fun to work on your situation. birthday. I've I've done a lot of stand-up shows on my birthday. Yeah. Uh, or worked, you know, certainly with YTV on my birthday, and it is, it's kind of a fun, cool thing. It's a great. I, I was uh, I, I was so lucky to be able to be on set. I mean, I always uh, try to treat it like it's my last, and then try not to put that out there. Um, to your last birthday. To the universe. You're done. Huh? What do you mean? Is it your last birthday? No, it could be. It could be. could be your last could birthday. Be. Could be. Uh, could, could be my last podcast. Um, oh boy. Uh, but I try to have that kind of thought in mind. I'm just like, you know, just enjoy it as much as possible. But I was like, I got to do it on my birthday. It was like, it was the best. Like my age was like, ah, oh, you know, sorry, get stuck on set uh, for your birthday. And I was like, no, that's like great. it was awesome. Yeah. And like one, I was in a similar situation where I happen to know some people, a teacher of mine from Humber from like 10, literally I started school 10 years ago now. She was uh, on set as well. Wow. And I hadn't seen, I'd seen her maybe once in the last 10 years. And it was so great to see her and like, you know, the student teacher relationship kind of in the same show. Um, uh, Andrew Kynes, who was in Shoeless with me, uh, my comedy. Oh, yeah, sure. He was, uh, (laughs) he was behind the scenes working away there. Great. Um, a guy that had gotten fired from Designer Public, which is a company I used to work for, um, really just good guy. He just almost like worked himself out of a job. Like he tried to be so uh, like helpful and like just trying to get like too eager. Too yeah. eager almost worked. Like it was almost his downfall. It was like, look, man, like you got to go. You're doing all the, you're trying to do all the right things, but you're doing right. all the wrong things. Anyway, he was on set, and it was like I got to share with these people, and, and they knew it was my birthday because of Facebook, and uh, word kind of spread a little bit on set, which was just cool. Like, just a couple of people kind of do that. Like, oh, it was your birthday, and, like, it was, like, it was the greatest. Yeah. Even to be, like you said, like, right before your birthday, you know, or to be doing what you love on your birthday is just, like, you know. Uh, yeah, it's... The next it's, week is going to be unreal just because this happened. Yeah, it's pretty great. I think even this year... I was like doing the uh, busker fest or something. I said something. Anyways, um, yeah, it's so. Do you never really get discouraged? Has there ever been a time where you're like, ah, come on, this is uh, enough already? <laughs> Beyond these times that I'm on set, and like, and right now where I'm at, um, the majority, of uh, uh, the majority of the time, it, it, it's like it's it's almost like. Even throughout the day, it'll go up and down. Yeah. The discouragement yeah. is always there, and I'm very lucky where I am right now because I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've got a couple things this year, and I've, uh, you know, I've got a little bit of traction. It's just been the, the just the best feeling because it's just like okay, like this is actually a little bit of something. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I got. Yeah. Sounds like a country song. It, a little Just a little something. something. Keep working towards it. Yeah. Drink some whiskey. Um, yeah, but a lot of it is, 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 is tough because, you know, as you know, as most people know, and, you know, uh, in the service industry, there's a lot of young actors, and you try to talk to them without preaching to them, but it's like, you know, they're like, well... I just sent on this agency. I don't know. I had this audition. It went really well, so hopefully I'll get it. I had that exact conversation with a 24-year-old guy at the pub. That's exactly what he said. Wow. It went really well. Hey, how'd that audition go? They said it went really great. 
And then you're yeah. like, well, you know, God bless. You really Forget do hope. Forget about it. Stop thinking about it now. Was that your Brian Cranston Put there? Your, that is just What's whoever your... it needs to be. Like, go back to doing the dishes. Forget about that audition. Oh, it'll keep you awake at night. You know? Um, and so many times when I was younger, I was just like, great. He saw me once and then that was it. You know what I mean? Like, I only got to do one take. He didn't ask me for... Didn't give me direction or anything like that. Like that's how bad it was. <laughs> but that was that was Orphan Black, and there was no casting director in the room. It was just the the casting assistant, and then obviously somebody else was on the tape. Right. But uh, I felt good about my Orphan Black one, and I've kind of come to that realization over the years. Where I'm just like, as long as it's hard, because it's like as long as you feel that you did what you needed to do, and you'll never be perfectly happy, but as long as you feel that you did what you needed to do in the room, wherever, in an interview in life or with a real job or whatever. If you feel that you needed to do what you needed to do, then that should be all that matters. So then you walk out and you're like, you know what, at the end of the day, at least I had a good audition. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it was that bad that they don't need to see it again. Right. And you walk out and you feel like a bag of shit. Um, but good. If you know that, then you'll do better the next time. But it, the problem is when you can't tell the difference between a good or a bad. Yeah. Right? And a lot you gotta of just kind of like... Amateur stand-ups have that. I think, I think a lot of the time, um, if you don't get direction, uh, or, yeah, redirection, whatever, I guess just direction, um, that I, I, think, I think that it, it, was, it was good. Or you just were the wrong height or the wrong hair color or something like that. Yeah, know? it's got to be as immediate as... Uh, I don't know, soup being too hot. We're like, ooh, that's too hot. Uh, yeah. You know, when someone comes in, either they got it or they don't. And then what other, you know, acting uh, teachers, if there is such a thing, have uh, said, if they do ask you to do it again, either they go, I'm going to give this guy no chance, or they go, can he take direction? Yeah, redirection is always a good thing. Redirection is yeah. always a good thing. It was weird. This one, especially the difference between callback. So first audition, you're just with the guy with the camera, right? And he can be your number one fan by the end. of it. He says, great, you're so funny, you're so great. <laughs> then you get the callback. And now you're with the director and the client and whoever. I've only had two things similar like this. That was not even a sentence. Where the guy is like, just do what you did, uh, you know, two days ago. Do the same thing. That's why you're here. Just yeah. do it again. And you do it the same way, and then the director of the actual commercial like, wait, no man, just come in, and just stand there. Okay, don't even look at him. No, don't look oh, at him. More energy. Just no, less. This guy was on the less. Oh. Just fucking stand there. So as the employee of a hotel, so I stand there and I'm like, he's like, are you doing a customer service smile? Like, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, do I hate my job? Because no, fuck, just. Stand there. You're just a guy. You're just a guy. Like, so not, not, just stand there. Mm. And I stood there. And I didn't get that. And then I went home going, how can I not get that? I just had to stand there. Who are they? What? There's a... That's like a couple grand to stand there. I can't even do that? What is the... There's a couple good standing guys that are out there. There's some good standing guys. Some real stand-ups. But then, sometimes you see the commercial... And it is exactly the way you did it the first time. Of course. And you're yeah. like, what's going on there? Yeah. So that's why Commer you're right. That's, that's where commercials can be a, a bit of a beast sometimes. Because you never, 
or the worst is when you you improvise a line. Yeah. And that line you're makes pretty it. Co- yeah, and you're pretty confident that nobody else probably improvised it. They might have, yeah. but then all of a sudden that line slips into the commercial that is now on television that you are watching. That you wrote for essentially. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a strange thing. It's so hard not to do that, not to give a little eyebrow raise or uh, add a word or whatever. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and uh, yeah, so I did a self tape recently for an independent film. And on the script, on the paper, the role, it almost read like a period piece. It almost read like 1940s, but it was current. And the role was like a Jimmy Stewart like a, hey, hi, how are you? I love you. Right, so I'm like, yeah. great. That's me when I was 22, but my whole focus now is I'm, I'm going to do nothing because I've always been told I do too much. And also, if it reads th- this way, this is something another casting director or, or acting teacher told me, or certainly a casting director. If it reads Jimmy Stewart, eight out of ten guys are going to do a Jimmy Stewart style, and that's going to get boring. Mm-hmm. So to do it a different way might actually be advantageous. That's the tough thing, too, because you don't know. I mean, that was the interesting thing when I was in school was that, like, you know, you think you have a... I mean, this is obviously when I knew nothing. Um, Not that I know everything now, but I know a lot more than I did 10 years ago, as we all do with anything. But um, you'd really think that you had a unique approach on uh, on this little bit of material... And you'd go in, and then you'd watch everybody's tape back. You wouldn't see everybody else's because you'd all go in the room and do it separately. Like they'd treat it like a real audition. And then you'd go in and watch everybody's audition, and it was all the same. Really? And one guy kind of did it a little bit differently. But that's also the tricky part is because sometimes you have to be, you know, you, you have to know. I mean, the commercials are tough, but with TV and stuff like that, you know, if you've done enough, if, you, if you've done the homework that you could do, it's tough, obviously, when you have three lines or something like that. You can't really delve into your character um, or dive into your character. I don't even know if delve is a word. Is delve a word? It, yeah, I think, I think so. Let's delve into it. Um, delve into this conversation. Yeah, so it, that's if you, if you can just do the whatever, enough that you feel confident that you know that this is the situation, this is what's happening, um, this is where my character is coming from, blah, blah, blah. If you, if you feel confident in all that and you say it, you just say it the way you need to say it. And if it's the same as everybody else, so be it. But this is the way that I think it needs to be said. And that's it. You just got to be confident in what, you know, you're doing. Because, yeah, it might be the same as everybody else's. Or it might be completely different because you don't know what everybody else is going to do. Right. You know? And that's where commercials don't probably direct you to try to, it'll, to, try to get it to be all the same, essentially. Um, yeah, commercials, commercials. You can't let it. Be. You go in. It, you know, like we were saying, I, I don't know that world at all, which is why I took that Sears and Switzer TV commercial weekend intensive. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, unless you don't know how to say words, nine times out of ten, it's probably based off looks. Right. With the commercials? No, yeah, everybody pretty much has the same. And they're judging you as soon as you come in. And that could even mean the audition waiting room. Yeah. Right? And I used to think, you know, you slate your name, you go, Andrew Chapman, blah, 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 blah. And then you go, hey, Skittles. But then, like, no, no, no. 
be the Skittles guy as soon as you walk in. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Okay, uh, Slate, yeah. Hey, Andrew Chapman, ba-da-da-ba-da. Hey, Skittles. Like, great. And it's like what you were saying earlier about the guy who talked himself out of a job. Not only are they hiring you because you can do the job, but they're also, part of it, I would hope and think, is, is this someone I want to spend eight hours on set with? Yeah, that's the tricky part I find with... And that's hard to find out in 30 seconds. With but. the TV stuff of going in as the character. I mean, obviously, not like you're not going to go in for a rain audition and come into the room talking in a British accent. I'm sure some people do. Some people might. Mm-hmm. Did you? No. Because I'm sure he's like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, hi. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Chapman, 5'11". <laughs> Your courage is waiting. I think that, yeah, I think that's where you have that, uh, you have that little bit of leeway to, to just kind of just show them that you're, you know, and I think most people are you just show them that you're happy to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The girl I was with in the last commercial edition, which I was wrong for, which sounds like I'm a pompous asshole, the commercial was for a car, and you're driving a car, and you're driving, and you're driving, and you're driving, and, uh, and then you're with your girlfriend, and then the paparazzi stops you, and you roll down your window, and you're like, whoa, geez, what? And then they realize you're just a guy. You just, oh, but the car is so great that it must be a celebrity driving it. Oh, of course. So when I would like roll down my window and I'd get. All celebrities drive Hyundais or Hondas or Nissans or whatever the car commercial is. Yeah, exactly. So so I give him like one of these looks. We're like, hey, what? And the guy directing it, who also books commercials within the same casting house he works for. Come on. Um, He was like, no, man, that's, that's too cool of a look. Like, too cool of a look. This is my, like, what's going on, guys? Look. There's no man. Too cool. And then, so Were I you wearing it. the James Dean t-shirt? I was wearing, I was wearing my jean shirt. My oh, jean, I was going to see if you wore a jean with, jacket then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flipped up collar and the comb. I was combing my hair. Yeah, sir, you can't smoke in here. But then he, um, so we do it again, and then he's like, no. And then, no. And he's like, no. And then, but there's people in the waiting room that I know, like Ryan LaPlante or Isaac Kessler. I'm like, yeah, those are the guys you want. Yeah. Not not me, and not to sound like, burr, burr, but he's like, yeah. No, we're all right for roles and wrong but if for the, roles. But yeah. if the joke is, it's an unrecognizable, everyman kind of guy, I am the wrong guy for that. Because I get stopped on the street, I get stopped at the restaurant, people sort of know my face. Why TV? From being on TV or whatever. Mm. And if my go-to what's up, guys, look, makes me look like I'm a model, according to this guy, <laughs> then I'm the wrong guy. And then you go, well, I don't, I, I don't feel bad about that. Nah. Did, you like, did you have to like go home and be like, am I always giving the look of, like, am I the too cool guy That's, look? that's what I said. I jokingly went, oh, I didn't realize I had that look. He goes, yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, man. I've been giving everybody this look. Hey, you dropped your ice cream. <laughs> And then uh, everywhere you go after that, you just give people weird looks because you're like, don't give the cool guy look, just give the every guy normal day look. But yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. So you, it's a really mixed bag. Now, now you're either going to get the direction more energy, less energy, uh, look handsomer, look ugly. You're always gonna, you know, whatever. And the only reason you want to book a commercial so that you can pay rent and yeah, whatever. It's funny too because like. We'll have this exact conversation with like twenty other people throughout the year, of like sure. similar, similar, uh, like similar subjects. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the conversation that you talk, like you just talk about at some point. Yeah. Whether the conversation you try to avoid at the acting party, 
But you just end up talking about it no matter what. Yeah, and I, you know, I just don't know that world. I don't know how to actually speak that language of of commercials. I, I'd. That's a good thing. If so. someone handed me, you know, a French textbook, it would be the equivalent. I'm like, I don't understand any of this. Commercials are commercials are are awesome, but it's like that, you know, to go back to the relationship thing. It's the wham. You got the if you book a nice commercial, you got the hot chick for the weekend, and that's it. So it's like you want more when that Sunday rolls sure. around. But guess what? Diane Lane is going back to L.A. and she's not coming back to Toronto for a long time. Right. You know, because the commercials they pay out the big money. It's quick, but you're not gonna get a relationship out of it. You're not gonna be settling yeah. down anytime soon. Right, and that's that whole thing. Like, and that's something to get used to as well, especially in the commercial world or these, you know, day parts that you get. Like, yeah, great. On to the next thing. Mm-hmm. On to the next thing, you know, and that's something that non-performers or regular people need to realize when they have conversations with us, when they ask that question. Well, what what's next? What are you doing now? Like, well, it's yeah. always going to be the next thing, mm-hmm. you know. And even when you do get like a permanent role, like let's say you get five seasons on a show or five years at YTV or whatever, people are happy for you. They love you. They're like, fine, great. Finally, some stability. Great. <laughs> but then by year two, then those same question will come back. So uh, what else are you doing? You doing anything else? You're gonna, is this it? Is this all you got? Mm-hmm. And then you can throw it right back at them and go, are you still a teacher? You still, uh, you still, you still uh, a teacher? Doing still that job with the doing pension that job and that you the have? benefits that you have? Because this is my job. Yeah. So if you're still doing your job. So it's so strange, people's opinions about the thing. Getting back to where's your Ferrari? Uh, I was waiting just at the subway station. I was waiting for somebody. I wasn't even on the platform or anything. And these kids, these like 17, 12-year-olds, came up. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, it's Andy from YTV. And one of the kids goes, why does Andy take the subway? <laughs> First of all, because it's Toronto and you don't need a car. Second of all, I'm humble, kid. it's cheap. The Ferrari's in the uh, and I love the environment. Uh, third of all, if I didn't take the subway, you wouldn't have seen me today. And you, don't have, you wouldn't have a story. For all <laughs> uh, so it's fun. Um, do you have had a lot of nicknames? Uh, we'll finish on two things. Where did Cap come from? Cap? Yeah. Oh. Cap. Well, there's three Caps. Yeah, you're all Caps. You, Tanchuk. And McIntyre. McIntyre's a Cap? Yeah. So where did that and come from? Jim, Jim Kim is a... Um, he was a late addition to the cap team. Wow. Um, just because Jim Kim is Jim Kim. He's Jim Kim. And he cannot be a cap. <laughs> I call Matt Reed coach. Uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if McIntyre or Tancha catch on to that, but I, I like to call Matt Reed coach. Uh, Matt Reed's the musical director of Second City Main Stitch. Yeah. Jim and Kim is the IT guy who's awesome. The cap. But where's cap- Captain. Oh. It comes from Captain. Well, yes. Uh, came from uh, uh, years ago when we used to... We used to, you know, socialize a little later at Second City when we were all working there. Uh, just me, Mike, and uh, McIntyre. Um, and we used to hang out afterwards and drink. And, you know, this was in our more youthful days. We just used to kind of get into it. And then eventually somebody would do something stupid. Right. Um, whether it was setting off the fire alarm. I'm not going to name names. Uh, you know, uh just doing drunken, stupid stuff. Stupid stuff. Uh, I honestly can't even think any uh, 
any specific stories off the top of my head besides Mike Tanchuk setting up the fire alarm. <laughs> so, but yeah, I had, I kind of pulled, I think I had pulled like Mike out of the fire. I gave, I had given some advice to McIntyre or Tanchuk. Like I had, I had, I had helped them out of sticky situations, whether it was leaving with an individual at the time. And now obviously Mike has a beautiful fiance and he's getting married soon. Um, so we made it. Um, but in his more in his single days, you know, he would something would happen there, or McIntyre would have want to have another beer or something like that, and and I would, you know, eventually it caught on where I was just like I was kind of helping him out, and they're like, oh man, like like you're the you were the captain last night, like, you <laughs> led the team, you know what I mean? Like you pulled us, we were gonna lose the game, and you helped us win today uh, because you know they didn't they had the opportunity to lose the night before. Um, I see. And then, uh, and then eventually the, the opposite happened to me. Sure. Where all of a sudden I'm the one who uh, leaves at a certain time with a certain somebody or something like that. And they're like, hey, Turner, like, uh, come over here <laughs> for a second. Like, no, you don't understand. Like, no, we do understand. Get in here and shut the hell up and don't go back outside. I and think I needed a lot of those guys for a few years in the past. If yeah. I, yeah. Just a lot of chubby. You were. Sit down. I would like to think that you were. Uh, you were like a lieutenant on Bloor Street. You must have been like the general on Bloor Street. The, well, certainly when McIntyre moved in. Yeah, that's sure. what I mean. Like yeah. you were the lieutenant general of that living situation. Yeah. Because it was always the three of us that would kind of hang out and then get into trouble together. And we'd all kind of each pull each other out of situations. And then we just started eventually all calling each other captain. Yeah. And then just like cat. Still to this well, day. yeah, certainly McIntyre's taxicab fiasco. I, uh, oh yeah! I was brigadier general on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that that makes sense. I get that now. And then Chris Farley. Are you, is that guy still your go-to guy? Like, it's weird because you're not a fat guy, but you can do probably, in my opinion, the most uncanny Farley impression. Well, I, that was <laughs> that wasn't good at all. But my, uh, my favorite one is when McIntyre moved in. And you did something, and then you said a Farley line, and then leaned on nothing and <laughs> fell over. All on purpose. It's all a bit. That was, was the perfect. that was the one funny part in Beverly Hills Ninja. The, uh, the lady was like, "Well, don't I feel like an idiot?" Yeah, that's what the it wall was. And then uh, completely falls right six it. stories, and he's fine. He <laughs> landed on a piece of cardboard or something. Uh, Chris Farley will always be. He will always be uh, like at the top for me. For comedy, it's hard because he, you know, he only did, he he only had a, a, a amount of time to do so much stuff, so I know all of it. Right. Just a couple hidden uh, SNL scenes that I still try to find to this day that I haven't seen. Oh yeah. But um, but you know, you've seen all those movies a uh, hundred times, and I, you know, Van Down by the River, I used to know like word for word. I used to do it at parties when I was like in grade eight. Sure. Um, and half the people at the party would think I was an asshole for doing this again, and the other half would be like, like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> so I was like, well, what do I do? Do I make these half happy and piss the other half off? Or, and, you know, you do it. Yeah. Uh, you want to impress some people, and you it's know? all about being accepted. And that, yeah, that, you know, that, those are the only times in my life where I wish I was fat. Like, I wish I just had that kind of weight. But then I guess I would just, my life would be, uh, my life would be a, a, a Chris Barley right. impression, essentially. Yeah. Um, but, God, yeah. Holy hell, Chris Farley is one hell of a man. Let me tell you one thing or another. Uh, yeah, I don't do it much anymore, but 
any excuse that I can to kind of do a little bit of Chris in my life, I still bring him in the odd time, you know? It's strange, because nowadays, or at least in the last two years or whatever, there's these, whenever I see Jamie Foxx in anything, there's a little bit of Ryan Turner in there as well. Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx. Interesting. Yeah. I've never had that comparison before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about just the way he says stuff, like his cadence. Hopefully, uh, post-1995 Jamie Foxx, because I recently saw some Jamie Foxx, like a movie that he had done, and I couldn't think of the name of it. But it was something from like the early '90s when he had like the uh, oh, yeah. like the little mini dreads in his hair, like right. Happy Living Color, like you know he was like the player, you know what I mean, like Jimmy Fox with the women, you know, and his teeth, and his kind of teeth and his lips. No, certainly like post Ray. Jamie oh, okay. Fox. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, I, I take that as a compliment. Uh, yeah, he's I would. A, he's, a, he's a cool. I think he's a cool cat. Yeah. You know, he's a little more grounded now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly when you're like in that confident zone, then a little Jamie Foxx comes out. The white Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Jamie Foxx, yeah. I loved him in The Kingdom. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. No. I think it's one of my favorite kind of... Uh... Wait a minute. Isn't Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman in that movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, I think a pretty underrated movie that people don't talk about, but everybody kind of seems to know. It's like, I find it like Enemy of the State is the perfect comparison. Oh, sure. Because Enemy of the State, like, you kind of didn't hear much about it, but you talk to people individually at, like, parties or whatever, it's like, yeah, you know, like, that's kind of like that movie, uh, you probably haven't seen it, Enemy of the State. Like, oh, I saw that, I love that movie. Yeah, that's a good Sunday morning hangover movie. There's, like, te- Enemy? Yeah, there's types of those movies, like The Rock is like that, or, you know, Speed. Yeah, so, yeah, Speed, I find Speed like that. Speed's a good, like, speed Sunday like, morning, just chill out, enjoyable. watch Speed. Yeah. yeah, it's it's um, I, it's nice because I can appreciate it a little more now. Just kind of being able to understand acting and what kind of goes on behind the scenes and stuff like that, and kind of what brings a, a picture together. Because it's like you know what? Because I try to think about like what made that good. You know what I mean? Like why why was that? Why did I really enjoy that show? Like did I really enjoy the story that much? Because the story wasn't really engaging. It was just, it was it was okay. But I mean like what really? Why did I really enjoy that? And I find most of the time is is you just get good actors involved. Yeah. And you can make, they can make almost anything. Almost anything. Yeah. Enjoyable, I find, if it's acted well. I'm trying to think of an, of an example because I thought of something recently, but it's not coming to me. Yeah. Talent. And the story. Well, and the editing, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, they can always fix an, an editing. That's why I come across so good. If there's any good thing. That's the weird thing. When you think something's shit, it's really good. And when you think something's really good, it's actually not good. <laughs> that's, that's what I've come to learn. Uh, both in professional and personal life. And life. you just got to be like, all right. Well, all right. As long as I get the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Congratulations on everything. When does Orphan Black come out? When does season three start? Uh... Season three, I, I honestly, I don't have a date. Uh, it comes out within the next month or two, and then uh, Damien is a pilot. They're shooting six episodes, um, so I think that they'll be aired. I'm not sure if we get Lifetime in Canada, because it's a, I think it's a U.S. production, Okay. but it's on Lifetime, and that's, it's the first episode, so I'm in a similar boat where I'll do the, the first episode of the, the first uh, season, which would be cool. Um, and then I'm not Orphan Black on like episode six, I believe, five or six. Right. Uh, in the third season, which will be uh, just, I mean, it's just a good show. Just watch the show. Just and watch you it. You might catch yeah, me if you don't get a glass of water at the right time. That's right. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thanks that was for cool. having me. This was really cool. No, it's appreciate easy. It. Appreciate it. done your success. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You never know. But uh, yeah, hour and a half. Does it feel like an hour and a half? No. Good. Probably 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you, buddy. Gonna stop this. Hello everybody, Ryan Turner, one of the best. That guy, yeah, really helped me out. Huh? And, uh, and, and, uh, Luke Clark and knows how to tap the Amongst other things, he's a talented man. Uh, so again, watch uh, watch for him on Orphan Black. Congratulations to him. There's there's a guy who, you know, just really stuck it out and um, and keeps doing great things. It's it's just nice when things happen to good people. And they get they get uh, an opportunity to show other people what they're capable of, and, it, and it's nice because it gives them the confidence boost, and it's just nice to see your friends happy. You know what I mean? And, uh, so more, more, more for everyone. It'd be great. Uh, I apologize for this sounding uh, ridiculous, but I sound ridiculous. Um, I just got off the phone with a very dear friend of mine, Mr. Winston Spear. And uh, he's going off to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, at the other summit. Uh, there's a guy, if, if you know Winston, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know Winston Spear, please do me a favor. YouTube is the guy. He's a similar last Ryan Dreck. He should be on the podcast, so hopefully we'll get him. Uh, sometime soon. Uh, again, thank you for listening to this. Check out andychap.com. You can comment there. Um, so this is now on iTunes. You can get it on iTunes. So uh, check it out there. I've got a mixing changes <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, but I certainly got to make some changes just so I can get all the episodes up there on, on iTunes. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the iTunes. And um, yeah, be well, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.